This is where the industry insiders come to play. The download on the download, movers and shakers off the course, and the pros inside the ropes. Welcome to Slice with Brian Bushlack. Well, it's the week I know many of us have been looking forward to since we left off at Augusta back in November. The calendar turns to the new year, and it's time to tee it up at the Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua's Plantation Course. No fans this year, but that sure hasn't stopped Century's generosity. In fact, for Friday's round, on top of their sponsorship dollars and the quarter million they just donated to the Maui Food Bank, they will donate an additional $1,000 per Hawaiian item worn by each player that day. So a max of $4,000 per player. And get this, we have a record 42 players in the field this year. So potential for another $168,000 on top of everything else. A huge impact for local charities on Maui, thanks to Century Insurance. Now, no one knows this tournament and Hawaiian golf better than our friend Mark Rolfing, Mr. Hawaii. Mark and his wife, Debbie, have called Maui home for 45 years now, and Rolf's been a fixture on network golf coverage, hard to believe, 35 years now, ESPN, NBC, ABC, and back to NBC and Golf Channel the past 20-something years now. Mark is always gracious with his time, an all-around great guy, a cancer survivor, and He has great news to report there, along with fun stuff to share with us as we get ready for the Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua, the Sony at Waialai, and the Champions Tour celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Mitsubishi Electric Championship at Hualalai in just a couple weeks. Hey, Rolf, thanks for joining us. Before we talk about the tournament coming up this week and the next three weeks in the islands, uh... Let's talk about you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, other than uh, trying to stay away from everybody as much as I can uh, and surviving the whole pandemic scene, I'm doing great. I just got an all clear on my cancer down at MD Anderson in Houston for five years. So that's a kind of a monumental uh, milestone there and uh, feeling really good. Signed a brand new contract with the Golf Channel and NBC. So I'm going to be announcing more golf here for a little while. So you're you're stuck with me for a while. (laughs) Well, that is great to hear. Congratulations on the five-year milestone. Uh, That has to make you feel really good. Yeah, it was a tough cancer. Uh, I probably didn't really tell everybody quite how bad it was. Uh, It was a pretty grim uh, diagnosis, but uh, I had tremendous treatment and got real lucky. That's for sure. Well, we're uh, we're glad it turned out the way it did, and a new contract too. Uh, so, uh, tell us about that. Obviously, we're used to kicking the year off with you every year on Maui at Kapalua, and that sounds like even more uh, duties for you with NBC and Golf Channel. Yeah, the big change is going to be, as you know, the Golf Channel headquarters are moving from Orlando, Florida, to Stamford, Connecticut. So. Instead of going to Florida in the middle of February for a month where I was in the studio uh, on Golf Central, uh, I'm now going to be going to Connecticut uh, right at the end of February for a month. I I do have a week in there where I go down and do live from the players in uh, Ponte Vedra, but uh, 
it'll be a little different going to Connecticut, but uh, it's it's nice to continue to work, and uh, the schedule is going to be phenomenal. I think we're going to have uh, a pretty epic year uh, when it comes to golf. Yeah, before we talk about uh, the tournament this week, how is everybody doing in the islands? Uh, we canceled our trip, I know, of course, thousands of others did last year due to COVID. How are the people of Hawaii doing? How are our friends there? You know, it's a little bit of a struggle, you know, uh, they're, they're conflicted in that uh, they want to be locked down, you know, and protected and not have the virus come in. It's particularly dangerous here because so many of our visitors come from California where uh, the COVID outbreak is really bad right now. Uh, but at the same time, our economy is so driven by tourism. Uh, you want to have the tourists come in. So it's trying to, to balance a a fine balancing act here between, you know, having visitors uh, and potentially more COVID exposure uh, or having an economy that's going in the tank. Yeah, that is tough. It, it sounds like the protocols that have been put in place uh, have worked thus far. It seems that the testing and uh, everything that the airlines are doing uh, to not only protect themselves and their passengers and the tourists, but the people of Hawaii, it seems like so far so good, right? It's really good, Brian. And I'll tell you, the best place to fly from is Seattle, right where you are. Yeah. Uh, I did it the other day uh, because Alaska Airlines has a system where you bring your negative test to the gate in Seattle uh, and they scan it. Once they see you've got a negative uh, result, uh, you get on the plane with a wristband. And once you arrive on Maui or Honolulu, you don't have to do anything. Uh, you don't stop. You don't talk to any. Uh, medical officials, you don't do anything. You're all clear. And, and it's actually very, very easy. So it's been a little blown out of proportion as to people thinking it's really difficult to get out here, but it's not. Now, is there still a protocol in between islands? Say if we're hopping from Maui over to the big island, do you need a, a negative COVID test to do that? It depends on the big island. Uh, you know, the big island has changed a couple of times. Right now, you have to get tested when you get to the big island. Okay. They will test you there. So it's it's different going from island to island. And, of course, anytime you're going to the island of Kauai now, you have to have a negative test. Uh, it's it's very difficult uh, to, to get. And uh, they're, they're still pretty much not participating in the normal travel program. So uh, almost everybody that's going to the island of Kauai has to quarantine. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you clarified that because we had thought about maybe hopping over to Lanai for a day or two. And our friends there said, you know what? It's such a hassle right now. You know, maybe wait, wait until later in the year, wait until the fall because the ferries, you know, running pretty intermittently and the testing and all that. It sounds like it, it, you know, it really depends on the Island. Yeah, it does. You know, each, uh, the counties kind of rule everything here. So Maui County is uh, Maui, Lanai and Molokai and the mayor of Maui runs all three of those islands and, and he can determine the protocol uh, for those islands. So, yeah, they're all different. And I would say, let us get up and get going and then come see us again. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to our trip in uh, mid-February. We'll see our friends at Kapalua and then over to Kohanaiki and the Big Island. And I know you'll probably be in New York, so we might miss you then. But uh, we're excited, fingers crossed, and hoping we can get over there. And with that, uh, let's talk about uh, the big event coming up this week, the Century Tournament of Champions. And this year, Rolf, uh, it's more than just a tournament of champions, right? 
Yeah, the field has been expanded. There was some concern about, uh, you know, not having enough tournament winners and, and what the whole pandemic impact was going to be. And so uh, I think they made a good decision on a one-year basis. They expanded the field to include anybody that's in the Tour Championship uh, last year, got in the top 30 on the FedEx Cup point list. And uh, there there's some very uh, capable and I think deserving players that got in the field via that route. Uh, it, it is going to be a phenomenal event. There was a lot of concern. Are the players going to come? Are they going to be worried about the travel? It is one of the best fields we have ever had. It's probably the best field in the history of this tournament out here. Uh, and one of the best ever. The top three in the world, one, two, three, are in eight of the top ten uh, in the world. Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal week. Uh, it's just a shame that we're not going to allow spectators out there to see these guys uh, play that plantation course. Well, we will see it on TV, and that's what's always so exciting. And, you know, you mentioned uh, this field, and, and you touched on this a little bit, but I want to dive a little deeper into it because, you know, in my years of watching this from afar or being there, I I, I mean – you're the expert here. This has to be the best field, um, you know, short of maybe having Tiger or, you know, the the big cat there. It's, this is probably the best field ever, right? It is. You know, when, when I look at um, the top players and I think, well, who, who could actually win next week? And I keep thinking to myself, oh, there's a lot of guys that could win this tournament. But then I see Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas. Xander Shoffley, uh, you know, John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau. You see those that juggernaut of top players there. Um, I don't expect a fluke winner next week, actually. I, I think it's going to come from a fairly small group of players. Last year, you know, it was Reed, Thomas, and Shoffley in a playoff. They were three of the top 11 in the world at the time. Um I think that says a lot about the quality of the test that the plantation course is. The the best players always rise to the top up there. Yeah, you know what's interesting, Rolf, is that, uh, you know, you come to Hawaii, or most of us do, to relax and have fun. I know the guys do, too, but it's always amazing how seriously they take this tournament, isn't it? I mean, I just got done watching the, what, the 20th anniversary. Kapalua had tweeted out the 20th anniversary of the, the Tiger Ernie playoff, which was phenomenal, right? Hard to believe that was 20 years ago, but these guys take this thing so seriously, don't they? Yeah, you know, it's funny. That was the first tournament of the century. I sent out a tweet last week. Um, That was the first tournament of this century, Uh, and it could well go down as one of the greatest finishes ever in the entire century when all said and done. Yeah. Um, You know, Ernie Els came to the last hole. If you think about it, he came to the last hole, tied for the lead. He made an eagle, and he lost. Yeah, um, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> it is. I mean, what a battle that was. Of course, Tiger came out on top once again in that uh, head-to-head. And if you get a chance to watch that on YouTube, it's a pretty phenomenal finish and um, watching them drop those putts. But uh, you talk about this field, and um, we could spend a couple hours going through this, and we won't do that. I know you've got better things to do here, but but uh, this will be Dustin Johnson's first appearance since uh, winning the Masters. It'll be pretty cool to see him back out there. Yeah, he's been on Maui since the day after Christmas. So, um, you know, he, he loves this place. I've always felt like the players who embraced Hawaii and loved it for what it is. And, you know, the plantation course can be quirky. You've got some strange shots up there. You don't have a level lie anywhere on the entire course. But uh, for the guys that love it, they seem to play well year after year. And Dustin Johnson 
fits right in that category, uh, you know. But again, you can't you can't say, well, okay, you know, he's the number one player in the world, and so therefore he's going to win this tournament. Um, it's just uh, there there are too many of the top players here, and they're all too bunched close together. I think to say that any any one player is the favorite. Yeah, well, Justin Thomas will have something to say about that too, as defending champion, right? Yeah, he really will. And uh, when I go down the list and take a look, I, I think about Xander Shoffley. I mean, I, this was Xander Shoffley's tournament to win last year. He yep. gave it away. He basically three-putted that 18th green twice, once in regulation play and once in the playoff. Um, I, I think that should have been his tournament to win. Justin Thomas hit a couple of terrible shots, one coming down the stretch at 18 and another one, uh, in the playoff and somehow got away with him. You have to get a little lucky to win, and I thought he did last year. Now, if you had to pick a dark horse, and you've got some West Coast kids in there, you got Tony Finau, who might it be? Outside the big the big dogs, who might be your dark horse? You just said it, um, Tony Finau. He was out here playing the Bay Course yesterday. I went down to the 17th green here and talked to him. Um, he, you know, he got here early. He's practicing hard. Uh, he was out playing with his son yesterday, a little father son game, but, but he was still working on his game. Uh, I don't know. I have a hunch about Finau. I like his ball flight. He's a, he's a high ball hitter. I don't think it's going to be real windy next week. Uh, the ground is going to be pretty soft because we have had some rain. Uh, and it played long last year. I think it'll play a little shorter this year, a little bouncier, but still, uh, I've got a hunch about Finau next week, and this is one he would dearly love to win. Yeah, you know, it's. A, I think this is the one, for a lot of reasons, that many people are stoked about, for lack of a better word, not only due to COVID, uh, so many vacations canceled last year, an opportunity to see this in living color on your on your television and or your mobile device, and this field that we have. And I mean, you know, just picking a few names off the list here, you mentioned DeChambeau, uh, you know, Sergio's coming out. These are the winners from last year. DJ, uh, you've got Mark Leishman coming over. John Rahm will be there, Patrick Reed, Adam Scott. And then you've got the guys that didn't win last year, but as you mentioned, um, we're in the FedEx what Cup Championship, right? So you got Xander in that mix. Um, Hideki will be there. You mentioned Tony Finau. And again, I'm just picking guys off the list as they come to me. Cameron Champ will be there, uh, Horschel, et cetera. I mean, this is like the all-star game of golf at the start of the season, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. There's a couple guys that got in through that top 30 that I would pay attention to. One of them is Scotty Scheffler, uh, who just got married. He's here on his honeymoon, but big hitter, great putter. Um, and, and Harris English, uh, you know, he is really trending well. Uh, he is in the field. I expect a big week out of Harris. Um, when I look at those top players, though, I, I just can't ignore John Rahm. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a chance John Rahm ends this upcoming year as the number one player in the world. Uh, again, he, um, he just has a tremendous combination of power and finesse. And, uh, and, I, and I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Rahm start off the year. It's interesting. The players are really um, revving up. Uh, earlier in the year uh, in terms of their ramping up their schedules and, and they're getting themselves more prepared to play because they're starting to see that if you get behind in the FedEx Cup, if you're behind after the West Coast swing in the FedEx Cup, you're going to have a tough time winning. Um, yeah. You, you know, Shoffley, you know, 
played the tour championship in less strokes, uh, you know, than Dustin Johnson did last year at Eastlake, but still didn't win because he got too far behind. Yeah, that's a great point. Now, tell us what you have coming up. I know you're prepping for Golf Channel. Uh, big changes there with the move from Orlando to Connecticut. But uh, will the coverage uh, of the century be pretty much the same as we've seen before? Yeah, it's going to be pretty much the same. Uh, last year, the booth was Paul Azinger, Dan Hicks, and me. Uh, this year, we've switched it up a little bit. It's me, Terry Gannon, and Justin Leonard. Um and so the three of us will be in there. You know, you just don't have any space anymore. You can't have any more people in there than, than the three. Uh, and a couple of on-course commentators. The big change is uh, our man, John Wood, who uh, is best known probably for Caddy and for Matt Kuchar for so long. He was on Hunter Mahan's bag uh, years ago when Hunter was, was a top player in the world. And um, he is making his on-course commentary debut for Golf Channel and NBC this week. So, we actually have two caddies on the course this week, or two ex-caddies. They're announcers and broadcasters now, but we got Bones McKay and John Wood. So that's going to be that's going to be quite interesting. But the coverage will be pretty much the same. Terry Gannon and I will split the holes. He'll he'll call the even holes, and I'll call the odd holes, and um, and you'll see a lot of whales because there's a bunch of them out here right now. I'll tell you. <laughs> How about live from us, Brandel coming out? Will you do that on? on site every afternoon evening yeah no there's no live from on site you're not going to see as much of that because of the covid it's really difficult to do that okay um you can't build a set literally and and with social distancing get enough people on there so brando will be uh in connecticut and i'll be talking to him to see what it's like up there <laughs> well hey you you came out with a better end of that deal that's for sure so yes i did <laughs> <laughs> well you know what's great about uh the next few weeks is that uh, we kick it off at kapalua and then we head over to honolulu uh, again no fans for the sony this year and then we bring in uh Hualalai there to wrap it up with uh the pga uh, you know the champions coming in let's talk about sony and uh, cameron won there last year and i always love this tournament uh, you know kapalua obviously gets so much of the the limelight when we kick this thing off but uh, the sony is always such a fun tournament and it seems like you know justin thomas i remember him with the the 59 a few years ago and i mean there's always something exciting that happens there yeah i wish more guys from the kapalua field would play uh at sony i think it's a huge advantage you know everybody thinks oh these courses are totally different you know that the big hitters are going to win at the plantation the shorter straighter drivers are going to win at wildlife that hasn't really been the case at all. And as a matter of fact, if you take a look there, we've had a couple of, of guys that have won on courses. Yeah. Jim Furyk has won on both courses. Justin Thomas, of course, has won on both courses. Uh, Jack, Zach Johnson has won on both courses. Ernie Els has won on both courses. So I think it's more getting used to Hawaii and the grass and the elevation changes and and that type of thing. Um, you know, it's difficult. So, Sony's in a tough spot now because they have all these big tournaments in the Middle East uh, toward the end of January, and and Dustin Johnson plays in them. Um, Justin Thomas is going this year to Abu Dhabi for the first time, and so uh, that has hurt the Sony field a little bit. But it's still going to be a great tournament, and – and I can't wait to start up again because that last hour of Sony last year with Brendan Steele, you know, had both hands on the trophy. Uh, Ryan Palmer, you know, hit a shot that we still don't know where the ball ended up on that final hole. Yeah. It was like golf in the twilight zone. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that said, it's interesting you mentioned that because, 
you know, you do lose some big names, but there are so many great players now. And even when you remove a few of the headliners, I mean, you have such depth. Have you ever seen this kind of depth on the PGA Tour? No, I haven't. You know, I think the days of domination are over. I don't think you'll ever see a dominant number one player. You'll certainly never see a big three. When we when we had Player and Palmer, uh, Nicholas, uh, the big three of golf, you know, they were in a group by themselves. That's not ever going to be the case anymore. Um, there are just too many good athletes. Uh, the instruction and the coaching is so much better and more sophisticated now. And most importantly, I think the equipment has leveled the playing field. Uh, you know, and it's not necessarily how far the ball is going or how far they're driving it. But if you think about when when we had the big three, there were no 60 or 64 degree lob wedges. Um, you couldn't hit the kind of shots these players can around the greens now. And, and I think this equipment has really uh, leveled the playing field and brought more players into play every week. Yeah, it certainly helped out the recreational players like yours truly, and I can only imagine what it's done for uh, the professionals out there. And you, know, you talk about uh, Wildlife and the difference between you know that course and that club, that track, and and uh, Kapalua. I mean, there, could you really have more of a, a dramatic change week to week on the PGA Tour? I mean, it's it's uh, pretty st- striking, isn't it? Well, if you take a look at the elevation change and just start right there, the elevation change at the plantation course, I think, is about 600 feet. If you go from the second green all the way up to the 17th tee, I think it's about 600 feet. The elevation change at Wileye is six feet, I think. Um, You know, it it couldn't be more dramatically different. Uh, Look at the size of the course. Uh, Plantation course is probably close to i don't know 500 acres total space while i think is 116 or 118 acres you can put the entire wildlife course on holes uh you know probably 17 18 and one right down the hill you can fit all the wildlife on those three at the yeah. plantation yeah that's a great point point. and before i move on to hualalai too i want to ask you about uh Kapalua. and the big story last year was the uh, rejuvenation of the plantation course with uh, corin crenshaw and yourself and uh, you did a phenomenal podcast with us a year ago it was our number one most downloaded episode of 2020 and we appreciate you taking time to go hole by hole i know so many people enjoyed that what was the impact of COVID? This may seem like kind of an off, goofy question here, but you know, you you do this rejuvenation. You had the century last year, and then you had some recreational play after that, probably what through February, and then everything shut down. What was the impact on the course? Was that good to basically kind of take a break after that rejuvenation? Did it help things? Well, I suppose you could say it, it helped in a way that uh, there's not nearly as much turf damage on the course as you would see when it's really busy up there, which it typically is. There hasn't been as many players. There's no question about it. I think the course plays harder when there's not as much play because there's not as much traffic, and traffic on the course packs it down. Uh, if you think about having golf carts drive on those fairways for six months prior to the tournament, yeah. It really firms the fairways up, and the course plays firmer and faster. And when you don't have a whole lot of carts out there uh, because you don't have a whole lot of play, it softens up, and I think it plays tougher then. Okay, that'll be interesting to see how it plays uh, 
for the big guys this week. And we move on to uh, the uh, Champions Tour at uh, Hualalai. And that um, last year, I mean, that's always fun to watch. I enjoy that. The the setting and the scene is spectacular right on the water. And uh, what a finish we had last year, too, right? I mean, you got three big names in a playoff. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and you're going to actually see a new Hualalai golf course this year. They have redone that course, a total restoration. Uh, greens, greenside bunkers. Uh, the greens have some more undulation in them. I have not seen it yet. But from what I hear, uh, you know, they used to hold every single putt over there because everything was flat. Yeah. And all the 20-footers and 25-footers were right edge or inside left, and, and guys made everything. Uh, there's more undulation in the greens now, and I hear it's going to be a, a better test uh, or a stiffer test, let's say. Uh, but, you know, that is one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's just so much fun, and those are the guys from my era uh, I couldn't beat him back then. I can't beat him now. Uh, <laughs> I, I still marvel at at what they do, and I watch Ernie Els play golf now, and it just I think to myself, that guy can still win the U.S. Open. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, he's playing well. Well, last year you had Ernie and Freddie Miguel Angel Jimenez. I mean, uh, the playoff. I mean, it was. I mean, it was like old times, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. You know, it's interesting. That last hole is a, is an interesting hole. First of all, you never see uh, on a Jack Nicklaus course a short dog leg left as the final hole. It's the only one I've ever seen in every course he's ever designed. And I, I think they got sort of trapped a little bit on their routing, and that was all he could do with it. But that hole looks like such a simple hole. It looks so easy. And it really is, I think, under normal circumstances. But we see so many strange things happen there where guys – drive it through the fairway or put it in the fairway bunkers on the left and yep. make bogeys on that last hole. Uh, uh, and, of course, the 17th hole, uh, you know, that is seaside golf at its best in Hawaii. That thing is only 158 yards. I think it plays on Sunday to a back left pin, but it plays tough. Uh, you know, I, I love that golf course, and I love that tournament. Um, it's pretty low-key, and and there's, uh, you know, I think if, if you talk to the PGA Tour champions players and they said they could play one more tournament only on that tour, they would probably say a walleye. Well, that, you know, and that leads me to my next uh, question slash statement to you as uh, Mr. Hawaii. And you've uh, represented the islands so well for 45, 50 years now. Uh, the golf and what we've seen in the growth of golf over the last even 20, 25 years, you know, right? How much of an impact did Kapalua have on golf in the islands? Because, I mean, we could start, you know, it's a, it's a who's who or it's a you know, bucket list of courses now. How big of a, an impact was the construction of Kapalua and, the, and your involvement in that, you think, on these other courses on the Big Island, obviously Kauai, Lanai, etc.? I think it, it had a huge impact. Uh, you know, that was when, when uh, the boom really started and you know, Kapalua starting its postseason tournament uh, in 1983 changed a lot of things. Back then, there was only one tournament out here in Hawaii, and that was the Hawaiian Open. Uh, and that was played at Wildlife Country Club. That Wildlife was the most popular golf course in the islands back then. It was the most famous. Everybody saw it on t- TV. It was the most popular, but nobody could get on it because it was a private club. Yeah, And once we started having the tournament on Kapalua's Bay Course, the postseason event, it kind of showed everybody that there's a lot more golf 
to the neighbor islands uh, than there, you know, really is on Oahu for that matter. And uh, and before you know it, we had ten or eleven tournaments a year going on out here, and uh, courses springing up everywhere. And the the great thing about Hawaii, um, if you go to desert areas, let's say, or or some destinations, there's a lot of uh, sameness to the golf courses. You know, the, there's a lot of great golf courses in, in Arizona, um, but they all have the same sort of touch and feel uh, because it's desert golf. Uh, whereas Hawaii, depending on what island you're on, you've got completely different situations. You've got elevation changes. You've got some courses that are in lush tropical settings, like over on, on Kauai, and then you've got some sitting on volcanic lava. Uh, there's a lot of diversity. I, I think Hawaii is probably the most diverse of any golf destination anywhere in the world, really. I would agree. And that's why I ask that, because you've got better perspective than anybody on the planet, really. And, you know, you mentioned Mr. Nicholas. And if you bounce over to Lanai for even a day trip, uh, the course there, the Four Seasons, it was once known as the Challenge Course, right? And uh, they've since renamed it, you know, Four Seasons Manelli, right? Uh, that course, I mean, that one is spectacular, too. It's right there with Kapalua. It's in my top three uh, favorite courses in all of Hawaii, and I think it's one of the best that Jack Nicholas has ever designed. Uh, probably Muirfield Village in Ohio would be number one on his list of golf course uh, designs, but um, Manelli is just an incredible test. Uh, it, it, he was done during the stage of his career where he wasn't angry. He had an angry face, Jack Nicholas did, as an architect, and he built some really difficult greens and and uh, some some drastic situations in terms of undulation and and shot requirement for recreational golfers. But Manelli is not that at all. That that one is is definitely top three for me here in Hawaii. I'm looking forward to our trip to uh, the Big Island. I uh, have to admit, it'll be my first stop on the Big Island. I've been to Maui so many times, all of the other islands, including Lanai, Kauai. Uh, so this will be my first trip to the Big Island. We'll be at Kohanaiki in a few weeks. And um, I know you have friends there, and uh, there are so many spectacular courses on the Big Island as well. I love Kohanaiki. Um, that might be my favorite resort in Hawaii right now. I'm pretty partial to Kapalua obviously but i just love kohana iki the people there are amazing it's you know right by the airport so it's so convenient um and it's the, the golf course is tremendous i i'm not sure reese jones has gotten enough credit for what he built there uh it's a tremendous uh test of golf it can play real tough if you want to stretch it out and go to the back back teaser or it can play fairly easy if you're just a resort golfer or a member there um but uh, I, I love Kohanaiki. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be over there for 10 days in January, so maybe I will bump into you. Who knows? <laughs> we won't be over there. I think you'll be in Connecticut when we're there in uh, February. Again, fingers crossed with COVID and everything. But, I, yeah, I was looking at it online. I thought, man, this is a spectacular track. And there's some other private clubs on the Big Island. Uh, you, you throw in Hualalai with the changes there. And, uh, I mean, the Big Island's got a lot going on. Yeah, it's got that little triangle right there of Hawalalai, Nanea, and Kukio. I could plop down there and stay there the rest of my life and be, be plenty happy. <laughs> uh, so tremendous, tremendous golf on the Big Island. And, of course, you know, you talk about diversity. Uh, you're going to see diversity on the Big Island, you know, like you don't see anywhere else in Hawaii. There's 11 climates. Here's one for you. There's 11 
designated climates on this planet. Uh, they, they go from, you know, I guess hot subtropical climates to uh, polar climate. And the Big Island has nine of those 11 on that one island. So you literally, if you wanted to, you could snow ski in the morning on the Big Island and snorkel in the afternoon. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it. Uh, we're looking forward to that and uh, enjoying it safely. And we're glad uh, we had time to catch up with you. I know you're busy prepping for uh, Golf Channel duties this week. It's it's really your busiest time of the year. You, you've got everybody uh, in your backyard for a few weeks and then off to uh, the studio for the West Coast Swing. And when do things kind of let up for you? Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe uh, when I'm no longer alive on this earth. I, I don't see it letting up. I'm going to work a lot uh, this year. Uh, the fall probably won't be quite as busy. A lot's going to depend on what happens with the Ryder Cup because I do three uh, Ryder Cup shows for NBC called Road to the Ryder Cup. So that's yeah. a pretty busy time uh, for me, too. And I'm assuming everything's going to go fine. And by then, we'll be back. Uh, in, in a different situation. Uh, I sincerely hope the Ryder Cup has spectators and fans because without them, I don't think they should play it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've got uh, I've got everything. All the reservations are made and fingers are crossed for that as well. And uh, so many great tournaments coming up. Obviously, the Olympics hopefully will go off as, uh, as planned and uh, everything else on the schedule going to be quite a year. Rolf, uh, we appreciate you taking time out to join us. Wish you the best and uh, safe travels. Great, and uh, here's to not hitting too many slices this year. How about that? <laughs> yeah, the name of the show is appropriate for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and me. <laughs> always great catching up with Rolf. Want to thank him again for joining us. Thanks to our friends at Kapalua, Troon Golf, and Century Insurance. And I am excited to see the new digs at Century World later this spring. They're opening that boutique hotel going to be pretty cool by the way we call the show slice because we all do it every now and then (laughs) and we love to bring you a slice from inside the ropes the business side of golf and the best golf resorts and private communities and speaking of we are already counting down as rolf and i mentioned earlier to our visit to kohana iki on the big island coming up in february along with a few other stops in the islands. But before it's Hawaiian time, next time on Slice, we will share the experience at True Spec Golf. I stopped in at Pronghorn Resort in Bend, Oregon over the holidays. And let's just say I learned a lot about custom fitting and I'm now ready to pull the trigger on a new set of irons that are dialed in thanks to Jason Owens at True Spec and TrackMan. That and much more next time on Slice. Thanks for downloading Slice, a presentation of Feedback Media, all rights reserved. Full disclosure, our legal department doesn't allow mulligans. Mulligans.